Welcome to the Wedge Gallery Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Tyler Martinez. Today, we're speaking with Johnny Cheatwood. Johnny is a Los Angeles-based artist. His work focuses on the exploration of nostalgia and tension, color, and texture. In today's conversation, I speak with Johnny about his work and career, the politics of the MFA, his new studio space during the pandemic, and his recent body of work. So, Johnny, thanks for thanks for being here today. Uh, really appreciate thanks for it. Thanks having me. Uh, love, lo- absolutely love the work. Um, I actually found your work on social media, which I think is a, a, a kind of thing happening in the art world, um, yeah. which is inevitable. Yeah. Uh, have you been on a podcast before? Not a podcast. I've done radio in oh, really? Arizona. Yeah, but uh, no, never a podcast. What are you doing in Arizona? Was that for a, a project or something else? I was um, doing like a like a drive for, I think it was United Way in uh, Yuma, Arizona. And it was around the time I did this uh, project with Target and Usher. And it was just basically going around to schools, giving school supplies and, you know, getting kids excited about arts and stuff like that. But they gave me this like little radio spot on like this local station. It was the only time I've ever been on air, I guess you can say. Um, But yeah, it was all right. Could you go back and and listen to the recording? I know some people have a hard time listening to their own voice. I can't stand my voice. (laughs) It's just one of those things like every time I, every time I hear it or like, Sometimes like friends will like, you know, show me like a video of like on YouTube or whatever. And I just have this like this weird monotone voice I feel. So I just, I hate, hate listening to it. But um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I think it's, listen to this. <laughs> it's a strange thing to, to listen to your own voice, but I think you do it for the work and, and for yeah. the, the collective, I guess. Um, so yeah. I guess just to give some, some context, could you, could you maybe describe or just tell us a little bit about your, your paintings and your, your work? Uh, yeah. Um, so I feel like my work is always kind of changing in my mind. Um, I feel like currently the work is, I mean, the work is always going to be like bold and colorful and, you know, have these like nice lines and very like gestural, but when you break it down, I use a lot of fabrics. I use, um, materials that I source from the arts district downtown or, you know, friends will like give me stuff, old clothing. And I've also been using a lot of, um, imagery from old Kodachrome signs that my in-laws actually gave us and um, just kind of using those images to basically force you to look into my work but also kind of like give you like a nostalgic feeling and then so like having those printed out on canvas and like sewing all these fabrics together to kind of make like a quilt from there like that's where I start painting and then um, the work is just basically like a like a, a play on nostalgia and tension, you know? And um, I am like constantly trying to like, you know, figure out a way to ha- like figure out a way to allow myself to like my personal story to show in the work. So like I'm biracial. So like, I feel like adding different types of fabrics and sewing it together is kind of like me stitching myself together in a way. So there seems to be this kind of autobiographical, right? Narrative behind the work, I guess, based off of your, your, your history. I, so have you, have you, did you start painting like at a young age or how, what's your, your background? How did you begin your endeavors as a painter? Oh, I, I actually didn't um, start painting until I was like 22 or 23. I'd taken like one art class in high school because I needed like an AP credit. And basically I had to, I begged the art teacher to let me in the class and um, I totally bombed it. You know, I was, I was a terrible student, but 
I dropped out of school when I was like 22. I started working full time in a restaurant. And um, I don't know if you ever worked in a restaurant, but like I was working like double shifts a lot, you know, so like I'm at the restaurant all day and I was living in a house with like four other guys. So like by the time I got home every day, like, like they're all asleep and I'm just like wired and like, you know, kind of bored. And so literally I s just started painting, like just kind of like a way for me to like, you know, take my mind off work. It was like more therapeutic at the time. And after like my first painting, I was like, whoa, like I really like this. And then kind of became like a passion. And then that passion became my career now. Um, so like, I've kind of had this like weird roundabout way of getting into the art world, but it's worked out. Do you, do you remember your first painting in high school or your first piece of art in high school? Uh, yeah, it was, it was terrible. <laughs> um, it was this terrible picture of LeBron James. It was like his rookie season. And like, I, I'm a big basketball guy and well, sports guy in general, but yeah, it was LeBron James. And then I did this, like, not like a wood block, but it's like a clay etching of Kobe Bryant. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Do you, do you see that at all influencing any of your current work? Is there still this kind of nostalgia retreat to imagery like that? Uh, I mean, to be honest, I haven't thought about those works until just now, but I mean, maybe, you know, like they're like that at one point basketball was like a huge part of my life. So, and like I have added elements of basketball into like my old work. So I had a show in, in uh, Hong Kong with o Over the Influence and I found these like really old kind of like retro scraps of like basketball players, kind of like this weird, like, you know, eight bit, you know, that type of thing. But I just sewed them into the work and it's was, it was actually kind of cool. It fit right in. Um, so I guess in that context, yeah, maybe, maybe some of those old works were or are still a part of, uh, what I'm doing. So I take it you, you don't have a BFA or an MFA in, in painting. Is that what you're saying? No, I have a BA in, um, interdisciplinary studies. So basically I went to film school and, Interesting. um, yeah. So I was in film school, hated it and I dropped out. And then that's when I started painting. And then once I realized like, you know, art was going to be a part of my life, potentially, hopefully for the rest of my life, I went back to school to um, be a teacher. And so I went to my counselor because I want to be an art, art, art teacher, art teacher. Um, so I went to my counselor and I was like, hey, like, I want to come back. I want to be a teacher. How do I make this happen? And she's like, well, you already have all these credits in film if you want you can switch to teaching, but you're going to have to be in school for another two years. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. So she's like, well, we have this program called interdisciplinary studies where you just basically take two minors and that's your major. So technically my degree is in interdisciplinary studies with the concentration of film and education. It's really interesting that, that you didn't go to school, let's say specifically for painting. It seems like the politics of art right now especially around the, the, the kind of galleries and the patrons yeah. and the collectors that the MFA is this kind of rite of passage. But it seems like there's more and more artists who are taking alternative paths. I mean, have you seen any issue with not having an, an MFA? Oh, in your yeah. Painter? Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't realize how big of a deal it was because, like I said, like I, I wasn't around artists, you know, and it's basically until I moved to L.A., back to L.A. And when I first got here... Like I, I moved back here, my wife and I moved back here in 2015. Um, basically, I got paid to do this um, commercial project, paid me a good amount of money, 
moved back here with like the idea that like I wanted to get a gallery, you know, that type of thing. And um, so I I was kind of networking and that type of thing. I, I did like a a small group show with this this there's this uh, guy that builds uh, stretcher bars here. His name is John. Um, he goes by Mutt LA on uh, Instagram. Great dude, but he put me in a show with I don't know if you know these artists, but um, uh, Andrea Marie Breeling and um, Robert Moreland, and it was me. So it was mm-hmm. like a three person show, and basically when I kind of realized, okay, sorry, let me go back for a sec. I was thinking about going to get my master's in art because I felt like that's what I needed. Fast forward to the show. Um, this, there's this install photographer that was at the show and he approached me. He's like, Oh, I love your paintings. The work is so cool. I work for, um, such and such gallery in Los Angeles. I would love to introduce you to such and such gallery. So I was like, oh, that'd be awesome. You know, like, I don't have a gallery, da, 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 da. And then he's like, where'd you go to art school? And I was like, oh, I went to Arizona State. And then um, just stupidly, I was just like, but like, I didn't go to art school. He goes, you don't have a BFA? I was like, no, I have a BA. He's like, so you didn't go to art school? I was like, no. And then he's like, such and such gallery only takes pedigree and like literally like put his head in the air, like put his nose in the air and like walked away. And it was like that moment where I was like, you know what, I'm not doing, like, I'm just going to figure out how to do this. You know, like I've already, like, I can make money as an art, as an artist at this point, you know? And I was like, you know what, like, I'll, I'll just, I'll just figure it out, you know? And thanks to social media, I've been able to hop on with good galleries. Yeah. I mean, it looks like you're, you're doing well. I really, I really love the work. I mean, I think there is obviously the politics to any type of discipline. I know sure, Robert, yeah. I, I know of Robert's work. Um, I've never met him. Obviously, I've seen his stuff. Oh, he's great. Um, I live in the Echo Park, Silver Lake area, so I think he's maybe around this area based off of his his content. But I'm I'm completely disconnected from from the politics of of all this. But I have been talking to some artists, and they say that this is one of the big the big issues is the the MFA or the BFA um, yeah. as a kind of lineage of all this stuff. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but I mean, like you said, it is kind of like the politics of everything. So was that your first exhibition? No, not really. In Arizona, like I'd show my work in like coffee shops and, you know, that type of thing. And, you know, just student stuff. And then um, like a small gallery in, in Phoenix. And then I had like a small gallery opening in like Portland. It was like my first show ever. And like, I was so excited to get it. And my girlfriend at the time, my now wife, um, we, she had a car. I didn't, we drove up to Portland with my paintings and the back of her car and it was, it was just a terrible opening and stuff like that but I was like oh, okay like you know maybe this isn't for me and then um I had my first show in LA in 2014 and at this point we we're kind of like considering moving you know um back here and I had the show this tiny tiny gallery in Culver City called Prohibition that's not there anymore and like the show half the shows sold you know and granted it was to friends but it was something I was kind of like, okay, like, you know, there's this momentum. I feel like I can do as people like the work and, you know, it was, it was kind of cool. So yeah, that was like the first go around. When did and, you, when did you realize yeah. you could be like, let's say an artist uh, full time? Are you, are you still working in restaurants or are you painting? No, um, I've been full time mostly since um, 2016. There was a small, time where I got to go back to uh, bartending because I was in this like weird contract with this one um, group and um, it, it, it I just didn't 
feel like I didn't want to paint at that point. Like there was no joy in it anymore. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to go back to the restaurant and make some money and then, you know, um, come back to it when this contract ends. But that was the only, only time in the last, you know, five years that like I had an actual job. And it seems, I mean, it seems really hard if you don't have the resources just to take on painting full time, you have to kind of balance in between working and also painting. Um, yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, I mean, luckily I don't, I don't have to do that anymore. You know, like when I got married in 2013 and at the time, like I was working two jobs and then trying to paint at, at night or like whenever I could. And yeah, I mean, I, I think I was kind of addicted to like the hustle and the grind of it, but like, I'm very thankful that I don't have to do that anymore. I mean, looking, looking back at, looking back at it, do you have any recommendations for aspiring artists who are interested in like moving from a one career to full-time, let's say painter? I honestly, I would just say just show up every time, you know, um, I think it's one thing, like I, I've, I've known a lot of, um, a lot of friends in like different, different career paths and stuff like that. And they, they, they're kind of like, you know, like I'm just, I just, I'm just going to be a photographer and I'm going to quit my, you know, nine to five that pays me like a good salary. And like, I'm just going to, you know, go take pictures. And I'm like, well, no, like you should keep your job because you don't want to go broke as an artist. Like there's nothing fun about being like a starving artist, literally, you know, like I've, I've done it. It's terrible. And you know, like you have to keep some type of like steady flow of income. And that way, like you, for me, like I kept my goal in sight, you know, while I was like still bartending, I was like, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do this forever. I'm just going to grind it out now. And then, you know, once I have like my career full swing, like it's going to be so much more satisfying to me. And then my other thing is just like show up, you know, like I, there are times where I'm just like, you know, super tired, but like I would show up to my old studio when I still had two jobs and just kind of just figure out like, just figure something out, you know, and, you know, I ended up making works that led me to better opportunities in those times I didn't want to show up. But do you also think maybe like social media or let's say Instagram, I mean, 2015, I think Instagram was what, 2012 is when people started yeah, using about, it. Yeah. Has that really totally transformed, like obviously your career, but just the art uh, discipline in general? I think so. I mean, I personally didn't really, I mean, I got Instagram back then, but like, I wasn't really showing my work. I was just kind of taking like cool pics or whatever, you know, whatever my honeymoon pictures are on there, you know, all that stuff. I mean, Instagram's worked really, really well for me in the last three or so years. But for me in 2013 or 2012, it was Tumblr that I would upload my work to. And like, there was like this um, kind of competition or like this, like, you know, like juried, fair or whatever online and um my work got reblogged a bunch you know that kind of led to other opportunities so social media is like a really big part of you know art world right now but do you think you could be a successful artist without using social media because i think there's some oh yeah pejorative connotations right this idea of commerce and art especially from artists really don't care about let's say selling the work even though you need to to make more work but from right. a from a critical standpoint, um, like is it even possible now in 2021 to become relevant without having people look at your work? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it can kind of be like one of those like word of mouth type things, you know? Like who who does really well without social media? I mean, so many people. I think I feel like I honestly like people with strong institutional backing behind them, like pre 2012, will always kind of have that like you know strong career. 
yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like for most millennials, it's social media. Yeah, I guess. But also, I think the the effects of of social media on people's uh, own work there starts to be a kind of cross-pollination. So I think of like stealing or finding inspiration or using, you know, someone else's work as a tool to start their work. Uh, I'm sure that's the case for you, right? You've had people do similar themes or similar looks to the paintings you're doing. Is that frustrating or is that just part of the the Um, network? It's not frustrating. I think it's kind of, I think it's actually kind of, kind of cool sometimes. I mean, like I have had people like, photoshop actual paint off of my paintings and put it on their images that's not cool but like as far as like you know if i inspired something or you know that type of thing i think that's awesome because like there are artists that i've seen on social media i'm like oh like i really like this part of it or i try let me try this or you know like they everything is kind of borrowed in a sense but you know as long as it's not like a direct rip off then i'm cool with it so I, I would I would say it's safe to say that's probably with anyone's body of work. And so yeah. like when I think of your work, it's very colorful, right? There's mm-hmm. lots of figures and a kind of overlaying of information. But is color, is that like a subconscious decision or is that specific to something that you were looking at when you first started painting? I think color is something that like I've always been really into. I mean, I don't know, it's, it's more like the mood, like the the feeling behind color and like the reason behind coloring and, you know, trying to, forced color palettes that like may not look good look good together or like may you know evoke this emotion or that emotion stuff like that that's what I that's what I really go for and I try to expand my palette sometimes too my I think my favorite paintings are just really colorful and they kind of just make me happy you know yeah um and I think I think I'd rather look at happy stuff than just sad stuff that just brings me down so and, th- and that's like also what I'm trying to put out in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And I, I saw online you were um, painting at like a, a luxury hotel in Mexico. Yeah. Um, you were doing like a series. Is that like a pretty typical commission for, for artists these days? Um, or was that like a residency yeah. or what was that exactly? It was, like, it was like a little residency and the works will stay at the hotel. But basically they just came down here and said, what do you want to paint? What do you need? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I'll come to Mexico and paint for you know, a month and stuff like that. So it was, it was, it was awesome. They kind of just let me do whatever I wanted to do. And I also knew that I wasn't going to be there that long. So I didn't want to like, you know, make work that would take me like, you know, a month to make instead of a week to make, because I made like four works, I think, five works. But those paintings too, I mean, it seemed like the colors of those paintings might really, might've related to the, the context in which they were painted. I mean, like the sunsets yeah. in Mexico or whatever. I don't know yeah. if you think about your work like that. Um, I think my work also changes in the environment. So, I mean, the hotel room that we were in was just like, opened up to pretty much the jungle. And it was just like so green and lush. And it was always raining and stuff like that. And I think that definitely helped me with the work, you know. But yeah, I, I think I also wanted to keep it in the same general color palette of what I'm used to. Also using the paints that I could find in Mexico which I didn't have access to everything I would use here. So it kind of changed the way I did make the work. But I think all in all, like I wanted to keep it in like the same general context of, you know, what I'm already making. Well, that's pretty cool. You can, you can pack up and leave and go to a different country and, and paint. Um, yeah, it's I mean, awesome. So, so what's, I mean, what's your studio space like here in, in Los Angeles? Um, I was in a shared warehouse 
for the last three years or so in kind of South Central. But with COVID, um, we, I, did, I actually didn't go to my studio for maybe like four months, five months. It just didn't seem right. So um, our lease was up downtown. So my wife and I were kind of like, okay, like I don't feel really comfortable going back to my studio. You know, there's so many people in there who knows where they've been, et cetera, et cetera. So we rented a house in West Adams with, it's a bigger house, but it has a good sized detached garage. So um, I'm working out of a garage right now. Is that, I mean, is that a pretty typical narrative right now in the LA art scene that people are finding small, different spaces, I guess, to work because of COVID? I'm sure, but I think the, my core group of friends that are artists in Los Angeles, like they already had like their singular, you know, warehouse buildings and, you know, buildings that are like so secluded from other people that it didn't really affect them. And I just wasn't in that situation. So it just felt like the right move. And like this whole like work from home thing is actually kind of nice for me right now because I, I do have a show coming up in London in what, like three or four months or so, I think. Yeah. And this is a, and, a solo show? Yeah. At uh, Beers London. And um, it just seems right that like, you know, I can jump out of bed or if I have an idea or like if there's something I can just like run out to the garage and it's detached. So like, I don't, I don't, it, it feels like I'm still like actually going to work, you know, but it, yeah, like it's nice that I have like the access to the studio whenever I need it. I was listening to a podcast with, you know, Taylor White. Yeah. He's in Virginia. I was listening to a, a, a podcast with him and he, he's in a similar situation where like mid dinner, he'll like run upstairs <laughs> And yeah. like make a move, which makes it, I mean, it makes sense because I feel like as creatives, you get that energy where you want to produce work. And if you're so close yeah. to the tools, you can kind of get it done. Yeah. I mean, and the way that Taylor works is amazing. I, I like, I'm a huge fan of him, but it's like, yeah, it's like the same thing. It's like, I, I also just have like no excuse, you know, like, like before I would have to be like, oh man, I have to like go down the elevator and get my car and, you know, run to the studio and open the gate and do all this stuff. But like, now I'm just like, okay, like I can just go out there in my underwear if I wanted to. And, you know, I mean, if I wanted to, I could, but it's just like one of those things where like, I just have access to everything now, you know? And um, it, it's, it's so much better for me. And also like my wife is working from home too. So like now, you know, if I'm working late or, you know, whatever, and she's cooking, then she can just bring some food out to, out to me and all that stuff. So it, it, it works. It's, it's for the best. Is your, is your wife also a creative person? Is she a, an artist? Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. Like she has no actual like painting artistic ability, that type of thing. But she's a, she's a great cook. So, I mean, I feel like that's an art oh, in itself. Great. But the cool thing about the, what I've been able to do in the last, you know, 10 years, whenever I started painting is we've actually learned the art world together, you know? So like everything that like I'm taking in, she's taking in too. And she gets to travel with me and like goes on all these trips. And like, whenever I do a residency, residency, she comes with. And like, she's kind of been like the greatest like voice to the work. <laughs> um, sorry, she's like texting me something kind of funny. But she's kind of been like the voice of reason behind the work. So like, if, if I am, if I'm like unsure about a painting, I'll kind of be like, hey, Amy, like, what do you think? Mm -hmm. And she'll be like, well, I don't, you know, what if you tried this or like what if you know I'm just like dang it she's right you know so it's been she, she's been super beneficial throughout the whole thing it's good to have an honest critic right 
who can tell you too how, honest. how it needs to be, um, especially too when honest. you obsess over something. But that's nice too that you guys get to travel together. I assume everything has completely changed since the lockdown. Um, yeah. and, e- and even probably so like exhibitions, have you, have you seen like a shift to a new yeah. type of way of exhibiting work? Yeah. Um, you know, fairs are, you know, all online right now and it kind of, su- well, I mean, I understand, but like, it's a big bummer for me because like, I feel like my work is work that is best seen in person and like the images online, like they're cool, but like, I feel like they don't really do it justice. So like when I did, you know, Untitled Miami, it, it kind of, I mean, the work in itself, like, looked fine, but it kind of bums me out because, like, in person, you're kind of, like, you miss so many, like, little things and, like, little details and textures and all that stuff. Um, but as far as, like, seeing exhibitions, like, in, in galleries and stuff like that, like, I haven't gone to too many, but, like, I'm definitely missing, missing some openings and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a bummer. Yeah, it seems like I know you can like sign up. I was at the I think the night gallery like a couple weeks ago, and you can oh, pick like I'm, a yeah, you I'm can actually, pick like a time uh, slot. I I'm getting uh, I have a time time slot for this afternoon. Oh so, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's I mean that's kind of cool too, right? That you can still visit these things in person. I always think about like Rothko, yeah. right? Like Rothko yeah. paintings, you have to be there like in front of the thing to really experience it. Just different yeah. if you're looking at an image on the internet. But also I think maybe more people want paintings for their house right now because of the lockdown. And so maybe the art world is booming. I, I, I agree. I mean, I was kind of afraid that, you know, with everything that's happened, you know, um, that like my work wouldn't sell, you know, there's always that, like, you know, that what if in the back of your mind, but I mean, luckily, like you said, people are wanting stuff for the house, you know, like people are going to be working from home potentially forever. I don't know, you know, so I think it's it's been really nice to see like people still buying work, you know. And I think you recently just uh, sold a piece, right? Yeah. I think I saw online. Um, yeah, uh, to a collector in Miami. Is that? I mean, I guess they have to go through the gallery and then you ship the work, right? Is that pretty much the yeah. standard? Yeah, uh, yeah. It was a uh, it was work that was for Untitled Miami, and he bought it through the gallery, and then because the work didn't physically have to go to Miami, it was just at my house. So they came and picked up in my house and it was awesome. Um, so I guess, I mean, we're, I think we're about to run out of time, so maybe we should oh. start concluding soon, but I, I, I wanted to ask uh, maybe what you're working on right now and maybe your more recent body of work. Cause it seems like your past work was more um, abstract, you know, mm-hmm. um, the figuration, the color, the movement, and now you're getting into more figural, you know, actual yeah. people. Could you talk a little bit about that? I think for, at least for the rest of this year, I'm only making this figurative work, I think. And um, it's kind of like a ode to works I made in like 2012, you know, um, where I would like, you know, take self-portraits and kind of drip colorful paint on it and stuff like that. I'm kind of returning to that form, but I think um, just being at home for five or six months and like not really, you know, working on anything, like I kind of just had the time to like slow down and figure out like what exactly like I want to make as an artist and figure out like what type of work would be the most meaningful to me and I think also with like you know with George Floyd and like all these protests and stuff like that it made me kind of dig deeper into my own family history and stuff like that and it's just like 
you know, finding old pictures of like, you know, my, my great granddad and, you know, great aunts and uncles and, you know, stuff like that. And like, they, they, the, it was just like such a, I mean, I'm sure it was a really hard time, but it was like, they just look so like cool. You know, it's just like, it was, it was cool having this part of like my personal history, you know? And um, so it's going to be a lot of like me exploring just myself through family, I guess, you know, which I'm actually really excited about because a lot of my previous works, like the, the abstract works, they, you know, they're bright, they're cool, you know, all that stuff. And like, I love making them. Um, but those works were never fully obviously me, you know, it's just like an abstract version of me. So I'm excited to kind of explore this figurative abstract version of me and kind of push my, just kind of see what my limitations are as an artist, you know, and like not really play it safe and, you know, take the time to make the works and, you know, maybe focus on making 15 works or 20 works this year instead of 45, 50 works, you know, and just like kind of learn how to like contain what I'm making and putting out and stuff like that. And just like not trying to pump stuff out to like make money, you know, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to like explore themes and to kind of get back to like this painterly way of doing things. That's like more intentional instead of just like very gestural and kind of like all over the place and then intuitional, you know, all that stuff. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to explore this. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a, a new chapter in your body of work, right? And yeah. this is a moment where you get to really, maybe you're saying revisit some previous work, but maybe with your new um, mindset or technique or workflow. Yeah, totally. Totally. And it, I think it's just important to, to just evolve as an artist, but like just make different bodies of work, you know? And yeah, like I'm, I'm constantly just wanting to explore Like, I don't, I don't, I'm really grateful to, you know, my, my galleries and dealers that are letting me explore this, you know, and like not just being like, Hey Johnny, like paint this or like do this or use these colors or, you know, that type of thing. And they're kind of like, all right, just do whatever you want. So yeah, I'm, I'm just really grateful that I had the time to, you know, take off of the studio to get to this point. And you said you had a solo show this summer in Beers, London? Yeah, uh, it's in May. So shout out to Beers London, everyone. If you're in London, go see yeah. Johnny's work. Uh, is that going to be up for like a month or is that a summer thing? Uh, it'll be about a month. And I guess that's the that's the big thing happening this year for you is the solo show. Yeah, um, the show was supposed to be last year, but got it got pushed back because of uh, COVID, which was kind of a bummer at the time. But like now I'm really excited that, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing. I just want to, you know, thank you for uh, taking the time to to meet with us and talk to us today. Uh, really appreciate your work. And I think it's exciting to see where you're at and also hopefully to see where you go in the future with all this. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us for today's Wedge Gallery podcast. The Wedge Gallery is located on the campus of Woodbury University School of Architecture in Los Angeles, California. You can find out more about the Wedge Gallery at wedgegallery.woodbury.edu.